0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Hopefully last Sunday, the message was adequately conveyed that there are ways in which we must be of one mind with regard to even specifics of law, for instance, with regard to protecting the innocent from being deliberately killed. And there are other ways in which we are of one mind in principle, but have many different ways to apply it in law, and might even argue about how to apply that in law, specifically with regard to immigration policy. Certainly, there's a lot of bickering, and it's good to avoid bickering in general. Uh, For a moment, I'd even encourage you to set aside the good arguments that ought ought to be happening among Christians, because our Lord is concerning is concerned today with our personal policy, our family policy. Isaiah chapter 58, share your bread with the hungry, shelter the oppressed and the homeless, clothe the naked when you see them, and do not turn your back on your own. regardless of how someone thinks that our money collectively in the public treasury needs to be spent or not spent on behalf of the people, an argument about which the consequences simply add up to whether or not someone is right or wrong, or of good faith or not. The question that is posed to us by the word of God today, how we spend our money, how we spend our own time, directly affects whether or not we are good or bad. It would be a little too simplistic to say that the Old Testament is full of references to how we need to uh, take in the stranger. In fact, if you do a survey, you'll see that there are just as many references to how the, the stranger or the alien or the sojourner, depending on what translation you're using, actually will be held accountable in a way that they probably don't want to be. They must adhere to all the moral prescriptions of the people of God. And they will be punished just as severely as those who embrace this religion. There are some specific ceremonial details where it is acknowledged that there should be a different law for them if they are not of us. But it is true that we can't escape from the repeated lesson that you should not wrong the stranger or oppress him. When a stranger sojourns with you in your land, you shall do him no wrong. With regard to the harvesting of your crops, you shall not reap your field to its very border, nor shall you gather the gleanings after your harvest. You shall leave them for the poor, and for the stranger, or even in the selling of property. The land shall not be sold in perpetuity, for the land is mine, says the Lord. And then is added another constant refrain throughout the second half of the Old Testament, for you are strangers and sojourners with me. In fact, so often when reference is made to being good to strangers and aliens, it comes with a reminder that you were strangers in the land of Egypt. You once were aliens for hundreds of years, in fact. But here is a reminder of what will be seen clearly in Christ, foreshadowed in the time after Moses when the presence of God dwelt among his people in the Ark of the Covenant and traveled with them. In the gospel, we will see this take on a face and a name. We will be able to see him and touch him. The Lord himself sets the standard high. Matthew 25 makes it very clear. Our good faith in God, our believing in him must become action. Did you clothe the naked? Did you feed the hungry? Did you visit the imprisoned? Did you care for the sick? If not, you have no share in heaven. Very simple. And so we need to take stock maybe during this month before Lent begins. How is it that I am putting those words into action personally? Again, regardless of what you think the government should or should not be doing, what is it that you are doing personally? What is it that your household is doing And we should ask ourselves, what is it that our parish is doing? Do we take the easy way out and say, I haven't seen any homeless people today or any hungry people or any naked people? Do we seek them out? Do we know where they are? might even be worth having a conversation of whether or not the parish should should find a refugee family who's being persecuted because of their Christian faith, provide them a home. Wouldn't be hard if we all decided to do so. What is it that we're doing with that extra room? Now, some of you actually are already sheltering the stranger, which is to say, your family members. One reference in the book of Leviticus actually makes um, for an interesting consideration. Chapter 25, verse 35. If your brother becomes poor and cannot maintain himself with you, you shall maintain him. As a stranger and a sojourner, he shall live with you. And so many households already are doing this and are even set up to be able to do so after mom and dad pass away. We either have had the experience or know families who have the experience of needing to take in adult children who otherwise may very well be on the streets. It's complicated, but it's necessary. When governments fail and institutions don't exist, it's obvious that the family and the church is the primary provider of welfare. But we don't wait for the government to fail or institutions to disappear before we actually do that. Then again, there may be an empty room in your home or an empty basement. It'd be good to ask, how can that be put to good purpose? That's an initial... Meditation. The deeper meditation is this. How is it that I am becoming more like Christ? Who, when John sought him out as the first disciple with Andrew, said, I have no place to rest my head. Come see where my, where my home is. He had no home. He lived among us as a stranger, as a sojourner. Am I becoming like him? Am I more and more realizing that the world is a place where I will be for a very short period of time? My goal is not to get as comfortable as possible. But rather I realize that I will be here briefly. While I'm here, I need to keep myself well spiritually and do as much good for others as I can. And as we take on that truly Christian mindset, hopefully intensified during Lent, not just merely visited during Lent, then I realized that it's the church, it's the sanctuary, it's this altar, where I experience what ought to be most beautiful. Because it's here where I experience what I will have for all eternity. It's here where we touch the things that last forever. And then we realize that it's it's the Lord who gives me shelter. It's It's the Lord who gives me clothing. It's the Lord who gives me food. It's the Lord who provides me with the only things that I will need forever, his love and his grace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.